Welcome to The Magic of Compassion. I'm Little Wu, and this week's topic or question is how to overcome self-doubt and believe in yourself, especially if others may not reflect or believe in your ways. So thank you for that question. Um, Self-doubt is defined as having a lack of confidence in yourself or your abilities. That's a very general definition you can find online. So just to make sure we all have the kind of same basis for how to discuss self-doubt. And I feel like it's important to look at a little bit at how self-doubt entered your life. And it can come from a, a whole host of childhood experiences that left you feeling consistently doubtful, uh, or it could be more of a recent occurrence that left you feeling shaken up or maybe lacking in some confidence because of a more, more recent thing. So you can go from being super confident for a long, long time and all of a sudden you get shaken up by uh, a fall, you know, something that happened that was unexpected or, or very difficult for you and that changes how you see yourself. So it can be from a long time ago or more recent, but the way that I can maybe frame this is first to go back to your past self. It could be really recent, could just be, well, it happened last week. And to say, what is the compassion that I could apply to my past self's suffering? Because self-doubt comes from some type of suffering you experienced, whether it was um, lack of confidence that others had in you, uh, or maybe lack of visibility. Maybe you were like the invisible child in your family. No one really believed in you. Maybe they didn't actually uh, you know, harm you in any way, or there's no trauma. But sometimes it's just a lack of visibility. It makes you feel like, oh, nobody sees me or you're like a wallflower, or those are, those are more subtle ways in which someone can learn to have self-doubt. Uh, and other times it can be more violent or aggressive where you're actually told daily that you are not good enough, that you're stupid, that you'll never amount to anything, and those are uh, more emotionally violent ways. And so those are things that you might have experienced in your childhood. So go back and say, what is the compassion that my child needed, that myself as a child needed, and how can I give that compassion to my child now? Because that child is still very much active in your uh, primal being, and it's still feeling very scared and threatened, and that's why it's holding you back and saying, I don't know, I'm scared that this will happen again. Because you're trying to protect yourself from further threat, danger, or humiliation, or harm. Uh, it's trying to protect you from any more pain and suffering. So it might have come from you know earlier suffering that leads you now to be very hesitant. So there's a real, uh, really good reason why we feel self-doubt. Uh, we've learned it, or we've learned it from an experience that taught us to be careful to maybe hold back. Uh, and so those are really smart and intel you know intelligent reasons. And so now you're going to give yourself compassion. Say I am holding back because of good reasons. Um, but now I'm going to look beyond that, but I'm going to give the compassion first. So start with the compassion and say, how can I be more loving to my inner child and say, how can I support that child to receive the kind of love and maybe attention that it didn't receive back then, or maybe the belief that it didn't receive. And then your present self, which is where you are now, bring some compassion there and say, what am I afraid of now? What is it that I'm afraid of? And what is it that I want? okay, sure, I'm afraid of that, but what is it that I really want? And what is this experience that I wish to create? What is it that I'm expanding into? What comfort zones do I want to go beyond? What is a life experience or a life skill that I'm wanting to acquire? Because 
you know, the self-doubt is just stopping you from, from learning something, from acquiring something, from doing something. So you want to build that desire in the present moment. The present self needs to be uh, supported in that desire. So that's what you're going you're to focus on. When you think about your future self, you can go, on, and what kind of future self would I like to build? You know, and that, that vision holds you uh, and gives you courage to move forward. And then, um, so believing in your future self, believing in your present self, and also loving and honoring your past self's suffering and giving compassion to all three selves. And so here are five common thoughts that we carry with us sometimes that contribute to self-doubt and, and ways to overcome those thoughts or heal and transform those thoughts. So the first one is, I don't know how to do that. I can't figure it out. Well, that's a common thought that will circle through our heads when we want to do something that's beyond what we've done before or go beyond our self-doubt. That thought will come, I don't know how to do that. I can't figure it out. I've tried and tried and I still don't understand. I don't know how to do this. Um, and so the opposite or the, the antidote or the healing agent that you can apply is your love of learning, so your curiosity. Those are two really powerful antidotes. So. Am I curious enough? Do I want to know even just a little bit more than what I know? Do I want to experience just a little bit more than what I've experienced? You can take baby steps, but it's that desire to learn, the desire to be curious, desire to understand things. That will drive someone to go far beyond their self-doubt. So I encourage you to focus on your, your passion for learning, your curiosity, and your enthusiasm for understanding yourself in the world. The second thing that often we think that can contribute to self-doubt is it's too hard, I'm too tired, oh, it's just too hard. We say that over and over again. And the thing is, the, the antidote to that thought is it would be too hard not to try. It would be too hard to live in fear for the rest of my life. It would be too painful to not move forward. It would be too devastating to my dreams and to who I am, to never explore, to never go beyond. So that would be too hard. And, and doing it, sure there's going to be some tough times, but not doing it is worse. That would be far more painful. So the third thing that people tend to think is, well, what if I fail? And then after that question comes from all these images and scenarios in their head, humiliation, destruction, uh, loss of reputation, uh, loss of respect, um, loss of your home. Um, there's all these things. What if I fail? What's going to happen then? Well, that's uh, a question that frames you to picture the worst. Well, and that's sometimes a helpful thing. It can give you a, a backup plan. You might have, okay, well, if this happens, then I'll do this. If this happens, I'll do that. If you're able to take it in stride, then that question is okay to ask. But if it stops you from doing what you want to do, then what if I fail is a devastating question. Instead, you can say, how can I use failure as an adventure? How can I use failure as a learning tool? So coming back to that first one of your love of learning, and said, I love to learn, and when I learn, I'm going to fall. And I, I sometimes use the analogy of the um, dojo, the martial arts training room, where there's full of mats, and some places may not have as many mats, but you're expected to fall. You're expected to get up again. And that's kind of that expectation you can give yourself that I expect that I'll fall. Of course I'm going to fall. Of course I'm going to get dirty. Of course it can be hard at times, but I will get up. 
And I look forward to getting up again and again and again because every time I get up, I'm learning something and I'm building my courage and I'm building my skills and it's going to take time. It's you kind of expect that it's not going to be perfect and it's okay. Um, and so that, that love of adventure, that love of learning will come in also to deal with your fear of failure. Uh, the fourth thought is people won't support me or people don't support me. And this is uh, a healing that can take place where you can say, can I develop a bigger faith in people's goodwill? And we often think, well, others will be supported, but not me. Everyone is supported except for me. We are always the exception to the rule. So instead we say, there are always people who are very supportive, and there are always people who might not be supportive. But even those who are not supportive, I can have compassion for them because they are living in fear, and I have lived in fear, so I know what that's like. I might have at some point spread my fear to others. You know, you don't know how you've spread your fear to others. Maybe in your own way, you have caused other people to be afraid to move forward because of your own fear. So no matter how they've done it, whether they're trolling you or they're just lacking in support or faith or they're warning you not to do it or they're urging you out of protection not to do it, doesn't matter where they're coming from, just know they're coming from fear and it's reasonable that they be fearful because I don't know what kind of pain or suffering they have been through and I don't know what kind of threat they perceive in what I'm doing. Maybe they feel threatened by what I'm about to do. Maybe they feel that their well-being is going to be impacted by anything that I'm doing, or they're worried about my well-being. And so instead of worrying about the lack of support, you're going to focus on how to be the best support for yourself and how to be very discerning about finding supportive people. They're, they're out there. You just need to look for them. Don't keep focusing on the naysayers. Focus on the yaysayers. Focus on those who have overcome adversity, who have a mentoring uh, quality, who are willing to share their knowledge and their support. Look for them because they always exist. If you haven't felt it, then you're not looking for that. You've been focusing too much on those who don't support or don't have faith. So surround yourself with more people who believe in you, who support you. Even if it's just one or two people, spend more time with them. You don't need a crowd to get started. The, and the most important supporter that you can have in your corner is your own, your inner voice. What are you saying to yourself? Are you being supportive in your own head? And, and these are some of the things that we're working on with these five common thoughts. To banish the thought with love and say, thank you, you were there for a reason to protect me, and I understand you, but now this is the new thought that I'm embracing, and this is the new energy that I'm using to activate my life force and activate my courage and activate my compassion. The last one is very big and it's the feeling of I'm not good enough or the thought that keeps circulating. I'm not good enough. Uh, I'll never amount to anything. I just can't. I just can't. I'm not good enough. So these are some you know, common thoughts that people have. It's really the most profound belief that is at the root of a lot of our lack of self-acceptance and lack of confidence, lack of self-esteem. It's this feeling that deep down we really don't believe that we're good enough. We're not good enough to breathe and eat food and take up resources. We don't deserve this um, or that we're not good enough to make it in this world. We're not talented enough. We're not attractive enough. We're not smart enough. We're not kind enough. We're not doing enough. It's always not enough. And that is so destructive, that thought. Instead, you can replace it with, 
I have a lot of love and magic to share, and I refuse to spend another moment beating myself up in this lifetime. I refuse to keep harming and hurting and undermining and undervaluing this miracle that is my body and this miracle that is my life, and I will contribute instead to compassionate self-talk and compassionate um, energy towards others as well, and so that I will no longer be violent inward or outward. And that is the kind of love that I will first practice, nonviolence, and then I will practice the next level of love, which is understanding and acceptance. And then I'll practice the next level of love, which is belief and enthusiasm and courage and action. Right? So, so the inner action is what you do to change the thoughts in your head, and the outer action is to take a baby step every day that is outside of your comfort zone, that is not done out of pressure to prove anything or to be more than you are, but just to enjoy, appreciate that you actually do have a lot of love and magic to share and that you're going to take little steps to start spreading that love and magic in the world, not to prove yourself, not to validate, not to ensure that you have a right to be here because you already have a right to be here, but because you have this love and magic to share. It's, it's your joy to share it. It's your act of service to share it. That's how you uh, find your, you know, your path is through your love and your desire to share. So when you're having a good time at the party, you naturally want to be a host, you naturally want to clean, you naturally want to roll out the red carpet, you naturally want to decorate, you naturally want to you know, create beautiful, delicious food for others, you naturally want to put on great music because you're in a place of joy. But if you do it because you're trying to prove that you're capable, then you're going to be constantly feeling not good enough and wondering if you're going to be judged, wondering if the party is good enough, and it, that's, no, that's not joyful. So take the pressure off and know that you have a lot of love and magic to share. That's all there is to it. And you will not waste another moment of your life beating yourself up or beating others up. And instead, you're going to take baby steps to share that love and magic that you know is within you, that has not died, that has not been crushed. Even if there's just a little tiny spark that you feel, that is enough. Cultivate that spark, cultivate that belief, and find others who are going to believe in you, who are loving and kind, because they're out there. And those who are not kind and loving have compassion because they've learned to, to protect themselves. They've learned to be aggressive. they learn to be protective. And so your courage to step out will help them as well. But don't worry, don't focus on them. Focus on your own love and magic and sharing that with those who are ready first. Mwah. Thank you so much for joining me. If you're curious about my one-on-one -on -one sessions, workshops, or online classes, visit littlewood.org. Lots of love.